What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. Today, I'm hosting your ad space, riding solo as Austin. So we actually had a weird little debacle with podcast equipment getting moved around and are trying to change some things up. But um, oddly enough, certain keys didn't work to get me into the places I needed to get the stuff. And I'm actually at Mike Glover's house right now on his uh, podcast setup at his house um, in his studio. And I'm with Rob, but there's only one mic, so it was kind of it's kind of awkward. Yeah, so you can't hear him back there. But anyway, he's here in spirit. So, um, But I hope your guys' week's going good, and we're going to jump right into these ads. So our first ad is Triarch Systems. So Triarch Systems is one of our OG sponsors. They've been with us since the beginning. Chris Reeves and the crew over there have always been really good to us. They were here at our grand opening for the store and have always shown us a lot of love and support. So thank you, guys. Uh, but Triarch Systems, if you're not familiar, make some of the best – and in my opinion, the best weapon systems that I've ever used. So I know Raul and the gang on the tactical side um, are very familiar and use them and treat them like the tools that they are, and they run like a well-oiled machine. And so uh, I know Mike has his Tri-11. He's very fond of it. Uh, we don't get to see a lot outside the safe. Don't tell him I said that, but it's true. He just doesn't get it out like he used to. So, uh, But anyway, guys, head over to TriarchSystems.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT, and it'll save you 5% on your next build with Triarch. Next up are our friends at Casey Highlights. What's up, guys? Miss you, miss your faces, miss your scents. So Ollie and the gang, and we linked up at Easter Jeep Safari recently, uh, a few weeks ago, I guess. It's been probably close to a month now. Um, anyway, had a great time out in Moab, mobbing around out in the desert. And Casey Highlights, if you're not familiar, everybody knows that smiley face cover, um, yellow background, um, black smiley face. Everybody's known that for forever. And so Casey highlights is like the OG in the space of lighting up your vehicle. And now even your boat, ATV, whatever you want to put lights on Casey highlights has a lighting system for you. So head over to CaseyHighlights.com and use code fieldcraft for 10% off. So, uh, this podcast, I actually sat down with Kevin Estella and we're trying to, to start building some momentum on doing uh, a survival heavy survival topic, um, like maybe once weekly, a podcast or every other week and talk about different aspects of survival and the kind of the pillars of preparedness and, and Kevin obviously being a very much a bushcraft guy and, and my background with survival. And we can kind of talk a little bit more specifically about topics within there. So it's, it's been kind of fun to do it the first couple of times. And this one is on survival fitness and kind of the way that we view it through our own experiences, mine with my military background his with just uh, martial arts and, and, and teaching at his own school. So uh, pretty interesting stuff, but stay tuned. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But me, Austin, sitting down with Kevin Estella talking survival fitness. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. Today I'm your host. This is Austin. And again, I'm sitting down with my buddy, Kevin Estella. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Another day at the office, living large. It's never just a regular another day though here like every single day is a different day here every single day is excitement i mean i got here late after doing a a site visit for a training course and it's like i already (laughs) missed so much of what was going on everything changed by this morning so it's it's crazy yeah so um we just did um 
the knife workshop yep. recently, and that was a that was a we had a great turnout for that one. That I didn't know cool. how that was going to work out because we had forty seven people sitting around. I told them it couldn't be hands on because of safety. Yeah. Right? Like people would be carving and, and slashing each other's throats by accident. <laughs> um, but everyone seemed to be very very uh, receptive to the idea of it being more seminar uh, style yeah. and. Then uh, we, I mean, we had fun talking to people afterwards, checking mm-hmm. out the simulator. And then, I mean, it was cool because we saw people buying knives, uh, yeah. signing up for courses mm-hmm. and yeah. Well, and, and that's the time. best part is, and I mean, that's one of the biggest aspect of field craft is the community. And that's my favorite part. I, I love doing these, the free seminars cause you just meet, interact with a lot of cool people from the community. And it's nice just to put out information. Cause I mean, you and I are both really mm-hmm. passionate about this stuff and uh, everyone at the company is, but it's our thing is survival. So talking to them about the things that we're really passionate about. It's just, I mean, I don't, can't believe it's work. You know? Yeah. And I think that one of the seminars that we were talking about coming up on a, on a Wednesday, I'd like to do uh, a introduction to basic camping, right? Uh, I, I, everyone sees the pictures in the magazines of like the ultralight backpackers that have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear. But when mm-hmm. I started camping, uh, when I was a kid, I remember we were camping in like a Kmart tent and my mm-hmm. sleeping bag was an old school Coleman sleeping bag that packed up to the size of a garbage can. And, <laughs> you know, it wasn't any of the cool guy stuff yeah. that I have now, but you didn't need that as a young kid because number one, you're not backpacking it probably, you're probably car camping. Mm-hmm. And I think what we need to do for that seminar, and I think it's gonna be a great, great turnout, is show how you can get into, I, I don't like calling it the sport, mm-hmm. the pastime, right? Like the hobby, lifestyle. the lifestyle yeah. of camping, you know, maybe on the cheap, but the easy way of, of, of breaking into it. Yeah. Um, and I think people will be receptive and there's no ego in the room. It's like, look, Hey, I want you to go camping. Uh, yeah. you don't have to have the greatest gear, but you should have certain things. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to focus on for the, one of the next Wednesday night workshops. Yeah. I think that'll be a really fun one because it, I feel like that is the hurdle. It's just like new shooters. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know what gun to get. Do I really know how to be safe? Do I have to take a class? Do I have to do all these things? But it's like, in reality, we can just come we can have like a two three hour conversation as a group and you're going to leave with enough knowledge to get you out there and get you into everything that you want to be doing so it's and it's not as intimidating when you're there with 30 40 50 other people talking about it that have the same questions that you do you know so yeah you know what chaps my ass is when uh people are uh you know people who have experience in a in a given activity say like camping in this Mm -hmm. respect right so people who are experienced campers and someone asks like a person a person who has no experience camping asks a good question like hey i want to start camping what tent should i get and the experienced camper says you don't even know what to get like oh you're gonna die out there right like come on why you know why poison the well before anyone has a chance to drink why why give someone that that idea that everyone that you're gonna meet camping is just like this this guy um so that really bothers me. So I think it's a it's part of what we we need to do as a company to to be those folks that are like, look, we've done it. We want you to do it too. Mm-hmm. We want you to experience the fun that we've had, mm-hmm. um, and, and build some some great memories because um, that's part of that whole community pillar is, that, that we, we preach here. Yeah, and it, it, that bothers me too. I've I've seen that quite a bit, and I don't want anybody ever to be scared to ask a question. Like, hit me up on Instagram. Hit any yeah. of us up. Shoot me an email. Like. I'm more than happy to talk about it because I'm passionate about it. And I want you to experience the same joy that I experience when I'm out there. So it's a huge aspect that people just, unfortunately 
feel like they have to be a gatekeeper to some kind of a way of life that's so sacred. It's like, bro, everybody and their cousin camps. Like, <laughs> and if you don't, it's just because you haven't had that conversation yet of how to get into it. So, like, let's be real, you know? Yeah, but one of the things that we talked about uh, before we got off on this tangent, before we even got off the, off the <laughs> ground, was the idea for this podcast to talk about something that gets overlooked. And both Austin and I have very different perspectives on this topic that we're going to jump into right now. And it's this idea of fitness. Um, recently, this was just yesterday, we were driving on the, on the property that we have access to in Spanish Fork, and we were saying how uh, despite... Oh, hold on. I want to direct our attention just for a second. And I'm, I'm super like easily distracted. <laughs> we just got a brand new side by side. Yeah. And it looks badass. It just pulled up. So yeah, you can rob out there. That's rob out there driving uh, yeah. horribly. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You know what's funny? It's a small vehicle, but Rob looks huge in there. He does. He's, he's, he's a tiny of, guy. He's a tiny guy. Tiny guy. He's like a little fella. Yeah. Um, so so getting back to the topic. Sorry, guys. Um, we we were both discussing the topic of fitness while exploring this property in Spanish Fork. Um, and now that I completely derailed this whole podcast, <laughs> let me get back to it. So we're driving through Spanish Fork and we're saying, hey, look, uh, we're in we're in the mountains and, you know, maybe we're not working out uh, the same way that we used to. You know, my background, uh, I've got a lot of combatives experience in, in jujitsu and Filipino martial arts. Um, I used to coach track and field and I don't get to, to work out the same way that I used to, um, you know, for now. And part of that is because of injuries or part of that is because I don't have my same training partners here yet. Um, and Austin was saying how, you know, he used to do a lot more when he was in the military, but he still has certain things that he can do really well. And we just were like, man, this would be a great topic for a podcast. The mm -hmm. idea of what's functional, what's important with fitness. And let's talk about the stupid fitness things that are out there uh, that people do because they think it, it will help them and it actually hurts them. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, what should be our baseline discussion? Maybe like, like what would you consider like the average guy or gal should be able to do and say, Hey, I'm fit if they can do yeah. that. Um, I, I think that there's so many unrealistic expectations put on people that are into whatever hobby they're into, whether they're an outdoorsman or, you know, they want to get into shooting or they want to get into freaking whatever it is, right? There is a minimum baseline to really set yourself up for success, but there is no baseline to get started right like mm -hmm. like it doesn't have you don't have to be a an olympic athlete <laughs> to be a, to go on a day hike right like if you want to get good at hiking what do you have to do yeah sure you can go to the gym and work out but if you want to get good at hiking you go hike and maybe that just means that you're not out where um you know you don't go on the most extreme hike that you can find but you find like a couple of baseline hikes baseline trails in your community or hell you can even just walk laps around your neighborhood to start off with and just get used to that basic movement of your body being active for a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour or whatever your goal is. And, um, I think that's the biggest thing is setting a goal up front that you can just reach that's obtainable. <clears throat> yeah. Um, someone who I know, Mike, Mike lover, uh, has talked to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Bill Rapier, uh, Bill Rapier is a former, uh, former seal, solid, solid individual. I, I think he's the father of six or seven kids at this point. I think Dang. seven. Yeah. And, and what a great guy. Like he's such a humble, humble man. Yeah. Um, but Bill is an absolute animal when it comes to physical fitness. Mm -hmm. So I just pulled up a screenshot that I saved uh, a while back and Bill had posted things that you should be able to do. 
Now, listen to this and tell me if a, a lot of people would struggle with this. Number one, climb over a six-foot wall. Number two, swim 200 yards continuously. Number three, tread water for 30 minutes. Number four, do a basic swimmer rescue. Number five, deadlift your own body weight. Number six, drag a 200-pound man 30 yards. Number seven, throw a 30-second flurry on like a heavy bag or tie pads or a, a body opponent bag, a bob. Go as hard as you can for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So now, that's the average. He said that's what people should do. But then he's got a bare minimum of, hey, this is what you should be able to do. And I look at this and I say to myself, I'm like, I want to be way above the bare minimum. Right. I don't know if I'm necessarily the advanced. So now you may want to replay this podcast and rewind what I'm about to say. I'll read it slowly. So maybe if you're taking notes and I highly recommend you guys all take notes, listen to this. Bill says the bare minimum, you should be able to run at least one mile in 11 minutes. You should be able to do 25 push-ups. You should be able to do three pull-ups and you should be able to walk three miles with a 30 pound ruck in an hour and a half, bare minimum. Now here's what he says at the baseline. Run three miles in 25 minutes. That's roughly an eight minute, 20 second pace. Do 50 push-ups. do 10 pull-ups, walk six miles with 40 pounds in two hours, which is roughly a 20 minute pace. Mm -hmm. Now here's his advanced. Now I'm not there yet. Run six miles in 51 minutes, which is an 8.30 pace. 80 push-ups. And Bill didn't specify if these are nonstop, or like mm -hmm. if you can drop a knee, if you can come back to them. Uh, 80 push-ups, 20 pull-ups, walk 12 miles with 55 pounds in five hours, 25-minute mm -hmm. pace. So now, <clears throat> what I like about Bill doing that, and Kevin Owens has talked about setting standards, right? Standards for gear when he's when he was developing like the new sniper rifle, saying, "Hey, look, it needs to be this caliber, uh, scope mm -hmm. mounted here, this type of uh, you know M lock on whatever." Mm -hmm. Well, I like the fact that Bill just throws it out there. Here's the standard. Yeah, here right? you go. Um, I I wonder, like, did you have any standards that you you looked at like when you were a kid, like in high school, or maybe when you first started lifting, where you're like. Yeah. I want to be able to do that. What was your first standard? My first one really started in high school when I was I was a swimmer and I played basketball. Those were like my two sports. And I really wanted to be, I've always been in the water my whole life. I grew up on the coast in North Carolina until I was probably eight or nine. And then we moved uh, out into the mountains in North Carolina. And that's where I lived the rest of my life until I <clears throat> moved off. But um, I, I was always been, I have always been really comfortable in the water. And so it was something I really enjoyed. and most of us have spent time in the ocean swam in the ocean and you know what an ass kicker it is mm -hmm. right you spend an hour just wading around in the waves and hanging out and you're smoked right well as i swam growing up i always looked at guys that were great swimmers and became very curious as to how to optimize myself to become a faster swimmer i was a sprinter um, and i looked at guys that were really successful in those spaces and then tried to replicate things i saw them doing and then as I gained and moved up from, you know, like being in middle school into high school, I really started understanding and taking physical training a little more serious and realizing if I wanted to go to college to do something like that, that I had to um, actually formulate a plan and dedicate my time and energy into that. So I looked at guys that were really good swimmers and was like, well, what body workouts can I do to really take myself to the next level? So. Uh, a big thing with swimming is, you know, obviously your legs and mm -hmm. uh, all your joints, you know, hip flexors is a huge one, doing lots and lots of flutter kicks. 
Um, and then shoulders is another big one. So I swam, my main event was freestyle. And I mean, a lot of that is breathing and technique similar to running, but uh, I just started trying to replicate those things. And I would always set a standard for myself that I will always meet this minimum. And then as I'm, when I'm like crushing that, I'll move up to the next standard mm -hmm. and then I'll set a new one. And then when I can crush that, I move up to the next one. And, and that helped me one with my mentality of understanding that this is achievable and I can get anywhere I want. It's unlimited where I can go with this, but I have to be able to meet this minimum standard. So uh, it was a really good lesson to learn kind of early before I even thought about the military and really even conceptualized what a military PTTS would look like. Or if I decided to do something uh, in another realm, uh, you know, where there's a selection and an assessment that there's a minimum standard. And as I moved into that realm, I realized that a lot of people look at that minimum standard and say, oh, there's where I need to be. I need to do this to get in. Cool. That's what I'm going to do. Well, that's not where the guys that are successful are looking. Yeah, they, they settle. Got, right. The guys that are successful are saying, what's my graduation standard? Okay. I'm going to show up day one crushing the, the graduation standard. And then I'll start the course when I can do that. That's where I'll begin. So it's, I mean, it's like Michael Jordan scoring 60 points with the flu, uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> right? right. So, um, that's where you need to be when you're looking at jumping into those big realms of doing things, right? Like don't take on climbing Everest. If you're just meeting the minimum standard to come out here and, and hike, you know, Timpanogos. Yeah. There's a level of honesty that you got to include in your, your physical fitness assessment. Swimmers are, are crazy. They, uh, you, did you ever shave your legs with swimming? I did. Be honest. Come on, dude. Never. Not never? once. Never. Nope. I, I knew. I knew swimmers that would wear like women's pantyhose, mm -hmm. right, and to increase the drag. Um, and then obviously, like with swimming, you can use just the paddle board to, to mm -hmm. just focus on the legs. You can use the the noodle to to focus just on your your pull. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, swimmers. I know like the, the real dedicated ones would like. They, they would build up that drag deliberately and mm -hmm. it was kind of like doing like a parachute sprint yep right where you you pull that parachute off after you get some speed and then you feel like this weight has been lifted because yep. it literally has absolutely um i actually would swim at i'd go to every practice and i'd swim every practice in board shorts and a t-shirt um for that exact reason it was a little bit of a hindrance in my mobility mm -hmm. so if i was working on something like an efficient stroke for swimming and that's what i was practicing for that practice i might not wear a shirt or um, board shorts I'd wear like uh, I never wore speedo but I wore what we call jammers which are just like really tight yes you know shorts um, I, I would wear that if that's something I was working on but generally speaking anytime I was in the pool I was in board shorts and a t-shirt because I wanted that drag to be there and for me to get stronger and be able to push through that it, it, and it is like a parachute run you know it, it sucks but uh, dude I got like way stronger way faster and I started gaining so much by doing that. I was mm -hmm. the only kid at my swim team that would do that. But I had a, luckily I had, our coach was a collegiate swimmer. Um, he was a Hawaiian dude. He was a really, really talented dude. But uh, that's what he told me I should do. He's like, I want you to come to practice in a t-shirt and board shorts. And that's how you'll practice. So every time, and then even I would show up to the swim meets early and I would swim around in the pool with a t-shirt and board shorts. So then whenever I hit the, the block, the starting block, and would start the race on the actual event, dude, I felt like <laughs> I was hauling ass, you know? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I think <clears throat> getting back to that, that whole idea of, like, what were your childhood standards that you wanted to hit? Because the way I look at it is, like, when you're a little kid and you look up, like, let's say that you're, you just hit puberty, now you're seeing, like, you're in high school, you're 14, you see all the 18 year olds running around. You're like, mm -hmm. man, what are they doing? Like, what, what yep. were they hitting? I see that as like a, 
as, as something that we all go through, like a rite of passage. We all see someone that we look up to and we're like, I want to be just like that person. Yep. So I remember being in high school watching some of the senior guys on the football team go to the weight room. And, you know, with a standard Olympic bar, it weighs 45 pounds. And if you put on two 45s, right, it's 135 pounds. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking freshman year, like, I want to be able to put two 45s on there. That's awesome. Yeah. 135 pounds. It and looks then, cool, too. It yeah. looks cool. But then I remember it looked even cooler when it was like, all right, let's get to 225. And yeah. it was like, there's a lot of, lot of steel on that bar. Mm -hmm. And then after that, like, my jump lifting was from, like, 135 to 225. I did that very quickly. After 225, it was a crawl. Um, <clears throat> and then I got up to 315. I think the most I ever benched was 330. Um, pretty good. Which was pretty good. <laughs> but then I started realizing, I'm like, because around that time when I, I was building up more muscle, I was also really getting into grappling. And I'm like, how much muscle do I need to have to There's be an effective grappler? Right, and if you build too much muscle, your body will tell you how it should be like if you are a sprinter, you're gonna build a lot of muscle. If you're a distance runner, you look emaciated. Well, <laughs> you know, certain grapplers, you know, they, they build up this size. Um, but I was like, man, what size would be the best for me to kind of cover a lot of bases? And I was like, all right, if I get down to 185, if I drop weight and I did for a couple tournaments, um, I was gassed. I, yeah. I lost too much weight too fast. And if I got too heavy, I couldn't keep up with the little guys. Mm -hmm. So I like being between 205 and 215, maybe 220 at the most, mm -hmm. because I'm still quick enough to stay with the little guys, but big enough to where I'm not getting thrown around by the right. big guys. And how tall are you? Uh, just over six feet tall. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was my standard though. Like I was like, all right, I wanna, I wanna be able to lift this, this much weight because of the way that it looked. Mm -hmm. But then after a while I was like, I don't need, I haven't, I have not laid down on a flat bench in years mm -hmm. and I just do more functional pushups yeah. and, and body weight workouts now because I realize, you know, who you are as that 14 year old kid looking up to the 18 year olds. Like if I tore a muscle back then I'd be ready to go tomorrow morning. Yeah. Now, like moving from Connecticut to, to Utah, I feel like I tore a muscle on my left bicep and I feel it. Like I pick certain things up. I'm like, it's not healed yet. Yep. And I know that I've got to just rest it. And it's mm -hmm. tricky because this job is not an easy one where right. when we're teaching and I'm, I'm like moving logs around or, or showing people skills, I mean, I'm probably re-injuring it and I'm slowing yeah. my healing process. So, you know, when we talk about fitness, we can talk about standards. We can talk about recovery. We can mm -hmm. talk about like all sorts of routines. I mean, this is a, a, a big nut to crack. All right, guys, we're going to interrupt the podcast for just one second and talk to you about one of our sponsors. And that sponsor is Athletic Greens, which ties in perfectly with this podcast on survival fitness, survival health, right? So a lot of people undervalue it. Uh, and unfortunately, it is something that plays a massive role in your survival and your ability to handle things in the great outdoors as being healthy. And Athletic Greens has been helping me do that. I've actually been using it as a meal replacement for breakfast and I can, I'm able to get a good source of vitamin D and it's actually really lifestyle friendly as well. It's completely keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and actually contains less than one gram of sugar and it doesn't even compromise the taste. It's not bad at all, guys. It's actually pretty delicious. So uh, go check that out and head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Again, guys, head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. You can find that link in our show notes below. 
All right, and back to the podcast. I'm with you on the uh, functional fitness level. Yeah. And when I was working EMS, I was, had started that, and I was like 18, 19 years old. I'd kind of gotten to a regiment because I had a an, an older guy that I worked with, uh, and he had been an Army medic, and he was always a really fit guy, and he was always really good at his job. So I looked up to him as a squared away medic and a squared away dude that, to work with. But so I was like, well, I, I need to be doing what he's doing so I can work like he's working. Mm-hmm. And so I started working out with him and I'd go to the gym on my own time. But I, at the time I was still under the impression, it's like, well, I need to be able to bench this much. And I need yeah. to be able to squat this much. And I didn't even learn until I'd been in the military a year. Um, you know, I'd gone through basic training. Uh, I had gone through selection. And then, you know, as I got up to being on team and training with these guys and we actually had you know our, a lot of our cadre that were training us in physical training were coaches as well and they understood the body mechanics and they understood hey look man like let's get you off the bench press and let's get you out here doing this and that's where I learned to really take advantage of just being able to move my body under its own weight and that was the strongest and most fit I'd ever been in my life and a lot of it wasn't even about moving weight around we get we did a lot of it as well but it was never super heavy weight mm-hmm. it was never about get over there and max out a bench or I, I think I've maxed bench like maybe five times in my life yeah you know <laughs> what I mean it's like it's just not worth it and especially as I've gotten older I, and I like I realize the value in just moving my own body under its own weight and having some level of a of cardiovascular health and fitness and that right there alone will set you up to do whatever it is you want to do in the outdoors, you know? And I mean, sure, you could, if you want to pump iron, pump iron, but there's, like you said, for grappling, there's a balance. Same mm-hmm. with being in the woods, man. Yep. Like if I'm humping up a mountain and I got to carry weight, I don't want to be carrying an extra 40 pounds of muscle with me either because it's heavy. And just because I have the muscle to move it doesn't mean it's efficient. Yeah. And, you know, when you're looking at being in the, in the woods for an extended period of time, that's good. Fat's nice to have. Yeah, and you're almost like a weird hybrid body type where you're an endurance athlete, but you also need to be able to be strong and be able to move uh, move quickly sometimes. But you also need to be able to be strong to carry heavy weight for a long distance. And it's this weird hybrid thing, you know? And I, I think your buddy Aaron Snyder does it right. Yeah. That dude's a monster. And he's not overly big he's not I mean I've met him and we've hung out a couple times now with you and he's not an overly big guy uh he's obviously muscular but he rides he's found that balance man Mm -hmm. and he's he's nailed it and that that to me is the optimal like man fitness level physique and that type of thing because it's super functional I want to be capable more than I want to just be strong I don't want to be known as oh that guy's really fast or oh that guy's really strong I want to be known as capable cool beach muscles bro yeah right bro (laughs) bra um you know we talk about strong we talk about cardio something else that ties into fitness that a lot of people neglect is uh flexibility right I I definitely definitely believe that flexibility is one of those attributes that you just have to have Um, so Didi who works here she was talking about doing like a yoga uh, seminar and I know a lot of guys are like oh it's yoga you're a freaking hippie (laughs) but some of the the best combative guys I've ever seen also cross train in yoga because Mm -hmm. it teaches you breathing control teaches you the flexibility Uh, people freak out when they find out that I can still do full splits and they're like what (laughs) and it's because I value flexibility and and you know when I'm grappling with someone and my leg goes pretty much like over my head they're like how are you flexible I'm like the hell dude like I value it Uh, but you know I, I think I think it's so easy to get led astray with with 
with all this fitness stuff, um, what you really need to do is you need to, to set realistic examples uh, or, or realistic uh, uh, you know, goals for yourself and then find someone who is going to work with you uh, to get to those goals that has a very similar goal because yep. it's so much easier uh, working out with someone who has the same shared values, the same goals, um, and who they're going to put the time in to make sure that they're doing it right and you're doing it right. You're not going to someone who's just trying to get a paycheck out of you. Right. Um, so I think you got to, like with all this fitness stuff, whether it's whether your goal is strength, flexibility, cardio, uh, maybe you just want to look cool. I mean, mm-hmm. do a bunch of curls, right? It's the like, LGN diet, man. Look good naked. <laughs> yeah, you know, or the expression, right? Uh, curls are for girls, right? Yeah, like curls for the know, girls. Yeah, do the curls for the girls, man. Um, I, I think survival fit is very different than beach fit. Uh, as you mentioned, fat fat is fantastic. I think if you guys are interested in, in survival fitness, you should be rucking. Mm-hmm. Um, do not do it on flat ground. Flat ground means nothing. Do it on ele- uh, elevation. Yep. Uh, my buddy Corey is a big fan of carrying, right? So farmers carries and then yeah. holding things over your head. Uh, Corey's standard, and this is another one that you may consider. Um, and, and by the way, whether you do Bill's standard or you're talking about Austin, you know, with, with swimming or whatever it may be, find the standard that is your goal and stick to it. Like, yep. You know, that, that's what I'd recommend. But Corey's standard was he wanted to be able to lift. He wanted to be able to drag, press, uh, squat, and pull yeah. his body weight. Yep. And I was like, okay, <clears throat> he's got a standard. I like that. Yeah, and so whenever I was in EMS, the firefighting standard was something very similar. You had to be able to push and pull and lift um, man weight, which was typically 200, 220 pounds. So, <coughs> excuse me, but that that's a really good standard to have because when I think about it, even from a search and rescue perspective now, I need to be able to move myself. I need to be able to move a teammate of mine that I could be out with and I need to be able to move a patient and I need to be able to do that and still maintain enough strength and um, have the longevity to get on the mountain, do what I need to do and then get off the mountain Mm -hmm. because it's, it's the long game. So it is this weird hybridism that I've uh, have kind of found, but you know, a lot of people think you have to be um, some crazy athlete to be in search and rescue or to be a firefighter or to do <clears throat> any of these jobs. And you really don't. It's more just about your body being used to moving and functioning, doing those skills. And that's why, like what we were talking about the other day, since I've been out of the military, man, you know how many times I've been on a run? Yeah, I know. Goose egg. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if you guys are, if you have ever been around me and talked to me about it, I definitely say running's for cowards. Now, that's not necessarily true, <laughs> but, you know, that's just my excuse for not running. But, and if you ever see me running, you should probably run in the same direction because something bad's happening behind me. But, um, you know, I, that's just like the standard that I've set for myself is like, I just need to be able to, to do this. And as long as I can do these things, I'm happy with that. And, being like some 10% body fat guy up on the mountain for what I do is just not a realistic goal or expectation for me to have. So, you know, I need to be able to do um, all these functionally fit things and sustain myself at the same time. And sometimes that's a day or two eating a granola bar and that's all I've got. So having a little, a few of the fat storages is nice to have. I may have gotten carried away with the fat storages a little bit, but hey, you know, you live and you learn. But I've I've definitely gotten I've slowed down a lot. You know, I don't do a lot of the things I was doing when I was in the military because there was a much higher uh, cardiovascular standard. I had to be mm-hmm. able to run a certain amount of miles under a certain amount of time, and I had to be able to maintain that and do it <laughs> kind of at a moment's notice. And so 
that's just the standard I'd set for myself then. Now I don't need to worry about that as much. So I'm, I'm okay with my body type changing a little bit, but as long as, and what's weird is, and what we were talking about is when I'm out walking around in the mountains and I, I'll walk up a, a steep face to do something for high angle training or on a call or whatever. And I'm like, dang, I just did that, but I can't run like more than a quarter mm -hmm. mile without being winded. Like, it's so weird that your body has this like memory within its muscles. And, um, you hear people say muscle memory, but it's, it's kind of backwards, right? Um, right. Your muscle actually is like remembering what's happening and, and maintains the strength within itself. But it's, it's really interesting, you know, and it's just weird for me and I'm only 28, you know, but to see that transition and how your body actually is working. Um, and I mean, really, I feel like I'm just getting into my prime in a lot of ways. A lot of guys think, you know, oh, I'm in my thirties or I'm in my forties and like, dude, I mean, really in your late twenties into your thirties and your early forties is like your prime. That's oh, yeah. where your muscle yeah. maturity happens. You can get super strong. You can be super fast. It's just about dedicating and having the goal and getting to where you want to be. Something that I think the listener should definitely try if they haven't done this already. And it's been called different things over the years, right? Muscle confusion or, uh, you know, cross training. And then there's also the concept of like the, the hit training, like the high intensity interval training. Yep. I, I think it's so easy to fall into a pattern of comfort like oh i can right i can run mm -hmm. and if you guys are, think running is just running there's a whole art to running right yeah. are you running are you heel striking which is actually detrimental to you are you running uh midfoot are you running on the balls of your feet um <clears throat> but some people are like i can run i'm fit but then you throw them into the pool where they can't <laughs> breathe until yeah. they do that rotary breathing yeah. and they realize wow i'm not fit or you take someone who is a great grappler and then you say, all right, you're going to box mm -hmm. and you can't go to the ground. You can't pull guard and get that, that relaxation. You have to defend, you have to block, you have to throw punches. I think it's so important to deliberately put yourself in these uncomfortable positions um, mm -hmm. because that's really where the growth happens is when you are confusing yourself, mm -hmm. your body will get efficient and do something really well. But in terms of fitness, what you want to do is you want to constantly change things up. And I think that's why the, I mean, I'm not a CrossFitter. Um, nothing against the CrossFitters. I know that there are people out there that are like, I love CrossFit. CrossFit is life. And there are people that are out there that are like, CrossFit is a cult. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care what your view is, but I think there's truth to their formula, right? Like every day is a different workout. And I mm -hmm. think that's so, so smart. Um, I think you can do a simple workout like that by, by just getting a deck of cards, right? Yeah. Assign like push-ups to the hearts, uh, squats to the diamonds. Uh, maybe you make the Joker a mile run and you shuffle the cards, right? And let's say that you pull, you know, what did I say? Push-ups or hearts. So you pull the, the king of hearts. Well, there's 10 push-ups. Yep. Do those 10. Another card. Oh, you got to go do the mile run. And and you do the whole deck of cards. That is an ass kicker. It is. Um, and it's a different workout every single time. So, yep. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Like with, with all these different workouts, um, it's easy to talk about them. It's easy to say, oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. People always say, oh, I don't have time for a workout. Mm -hmm. Yet you are spending 45 minutes on your phone looking at Instagram pics mm -hmm. of, of whatever. Chicks right? in bikinis. Yeah, or, or chicks with guns or, or dudes with guns. Or, <laughs> or dudes or, in bikinis. Or dudes in bikinis or, <laughs> yeah, or bikinis on guns, you know. <laughs> and, and yet you say, I don't have time. You can make time. Um, Wake up in the morning and do push-ups when you get out of bed. Yeah. Do do squats. Do some stretches. Do something. Um, mm -hmm. Do something more 
today than you did yesterday. Yeah, something that really helped me a lot up my numbers for uh, body weight exercises is on the hour, every hour. I would just wake up in the morning and, you know, I'd usually get up in the military 05, 05 30 and be at work at 7. But I would wake up, I'd knock out whatever my number of push-ups was, you know, and at some some points it was 50, sometimes it was 75. It just depended on where I was in the training cycle, but, you know, I'd knock out my 50 push-ups. And let's just say uh, an easy number is 30, right? That's super obtainable. Most men can do that. Most women can probably come somewhere close to that. And, um, you know, you just knock out 30 push-ups on the hour, and then at 10, you knock out another 30. And maybe you skip 11 and 12 and do it at one and two, and you, but you have to find that balance and your body will get broken into it. But as you knock out, you know, those body weight exercises, your numbers are going to get better. So maybe it's push-ups one hour, squats the next hour, and then it's flutter kicks the next hour, and then it's whatever. As those numbers go up, you just bump it every week by five. And before long, you're going to be knocking out 80 or 100 push-ups every hour on the hour for six hours or eight hours. And, dude, that's – I mean, you're knocking out like 800 push-ups in a day? Yeah, you want to hear oh. something crazy is uh, <clears throat> when I was at the high school, we had a fundraiser. And I, and I don't mind plugging this one because it's for a great cause. Uh, we did a fundraiser that was called Push-Ups for Patriots. And oh, yeah. it was uh, uh, run by – uh, Major John Bergalt from Avon Old Farm. So I'm giving you a big shout out, Major. Awesome dude. Uh, this dude was a total stud, former Marine. Uh, he'd probably <laughs> tell you that he's still a Marine. Um, and Push Ups for Patriots uh, was a fundraiser for the Semper Fi Fund, uh, the Wounded Marine Fund. And what it was, and this is an awesome story, and I, I think we might even have to end on this story. So <laughs> if I get the story correct, um, it was he was a teacher at Avon old farms prep school in Connecticut. And he was talking about fitness kind of like we're, we're BSing mm -hmm. right now. And someone uh, mentioned pushups and he's like, Oh my God, I bet I could do pushups all day. And a coworker of his said, no, you couldn't. Mm -hmm. And that's all it took for major John to be like, okay. watch me. Yeah, <laughs> so, accepted. so what he did was he said, I will do 10 pushups every minute for 24 hours. Wow. This is no BS. So he, proceeded to do 10 push-ups, or it might have been seven or eight the first year he did it because every year he's ramped it up like an additional push-up. Yeah. But he said, I will do that. And he did it not for 24 hours. He did it for 24 hours in one minute. And the final minute, he looked over at that coworker and was like, that last one's for you. Dang. Yeah. So ever since Sad. then, he, he said, all right, I'm going to do nine every minute for 24 hours. And then one year, he's like, for a, a span of six or eight hours, he's like, I'll do one pull up for every minute. The guy's a total wow. animal. I've never seen someone like this. Yeah. Um, so I did it once with him, or a few times, but never for the full 24. Like mm -hmm. I did four hours in the, they call it the dark hours from yeah. like three in the morning until seven, oh, yeah. right? So I did the, the dark hours with him. And even doing that, like you realize how quickly that adds up. <laughs> and if you guys wanna try it for just an hour, Try set set a number. Say I will do ten squats for every minute for an hour, and watch TV for an hour. But do that. If you need to go take like a pee break, uh, you gotta you gotta bank those up. You gotta bank those those mm. squats or those push ups. So you do additional ones, and you say, all right, I got two minutes. I gotta go. But you jump right back into yep. it. That is an absolute absolute destroyer, um, and it doesn't cost you anything. Just have a good watch and stay true to it don't don't tap out and just be like look i will complete the full hour and then you'll be amazed at how you feel in the morning it's a good way to assess yourself hell yeah yeah 
So, well, and I, I think you end on, you know, having a goal, setting a goal and just getting started. The hardest part is just getting your body moving, man. And it's something I'm having to dedicate myself to right now um, is just get on the Peloton at the end of the night, you know, knock out some push-ups, knock out a little body weight exercise, something, do something, and then make some smart decisions with your eating habits, which we didn't even talk about that. I know right? that's a whole other podcast, that's a whole other podcast. So, but guys just get out there, move your bodies and start finding whatever the goal is. And then start making steps towards those goals. And you know, you'll be where you want to be a lot sooner than you probably think. So, um, guys, Kevin, thanks for sitting down, man. And we're going to continue to do these podcasts talking about some survival topics. And this one was fitness and who knows what we'll talk about next time, but Hell yeah, man. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.